Where were you when I created the Earth? Tell me, since you know so much. Who decided on its size? Certainly you'll know that. Who came up with the blueprints and measurements? How was its foundation poured, and who set the cornerstone while the morning stars sang in chorus and the angels shouted praise? Have you ever traveled to where snow is made, or seen the vault where hail is stockpiled? Can you find your way to where lightning is launched, or to the place from which the wind blows? Who do you suppose carves canyons for downpours of rain, and charts the routes of thunderstorms? Can you catch the eye of the beautiful Palladius sisters, or distract Orion from his hunt? Can you get Venus to look your way, or get the great bear and her cubs to come out and play? Do you know the first thing about the sky's constellations, and how they affect the things on the earth? Is there anyone that can understand God Almighty? Father, while we don't understand and while we know you're indescribable, we come before you this day with praise and thanksgiving, with adoration, looking to you as the creator, the sustainer, the good and perfect one. Father, we lay our lives before you during these moments. We ask that you would speak, that we might hear Holy Spirit through your power, that we might come as your people and somehow make you joyous, somehow give you the praise due your name that your kingdom might come among us, that your will might be done among us. For indeed, your glory, your honor, your, your power is evident. And we honor you this day in Jesus' name. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. I don't have to say that. My joy is that you join with me in looking to God this day. We're going to do three things this morning. And they're going to seem in a little bit contradictory, but they really all tie in perfectly well. We've been talking about being for short pump. You know that? That we're here because God needs us here in this place. We've also been looking at our scripture today. Mike started two weeks ago um, with the temptations of Jesus in Luke chapter 4. Tony's going to put that up, and we'll be able to read it in just a second. There it is. So we're, we started, and I'm going to actually go back and, and read the beginning because we need to be reminded. In Luke chapter 4, um, Jesus is led out in the wilderness. And Mike talked two weeks ago about being led by the Spirit. And then last week, he dealt with the first temptation from Matthew, the parallel passage. This is what it says. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, 1, he returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and he became hungry. And then last week, Mike dealt with verse 3, and the devil said to him, if you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man will not live by bread alone. Now we're up to the passage for today. Verse 5. And he led him up to a, a high place. I'm sorry, and he led, I'm going to read different versions of what's up on the, forward, on the board, evidently. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world 
in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all of this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Or serve him only, how would you like to say it? Three weeks ago, Mike asked you, asked me, asked all of us, if we knew the game of life. You remember that game? What was the goal of the game of life? At the end of the, go, at the, end of the game, you've got to have your car full of people and have all the money or whatever you accumulated. And what's the, what's the goal? The one with the most stuff at the end wins. Remember Mike saying that? I was thinking about the game Monopoly. You ever play Monopoly? Between the time I was 16 and 22, I never lost a game of Monopoly. And that doesn't mean I never played. You gather the most stuff when you win. Now, I never think it's a mistake when I hear God saying the same thing two or three or four weeks in a row. Do you? Mike said that weeks ago, and he came back and he said, it's not about the stuff. What's the temptation Jesus is faced with? Put Luke back up there. What is, what is Satan offering him? All the kingdoms of the world. Now, Whitney, you're still young. You may not like all the kingdoms of the world. Too much responsibility. You just want your own little thing, right? I want a job. I want a car. I want a family. I just want to be happy in my own little kingdom. I don't need all the kingdoms of the world. Sometimes I look at the temptations and I realize that's too big for me. I just, I'm happy with just this little piece. And that's the temptation that Satan's facing me with. What is it you're looking for in life? What is it that Satan will dangle out there in front of you? To make your game of life complete. To make your monopoly game okay. Because it's probably not going to be everything. I mean, not many of us want to be in charge of everything. Too much responsibility. We just want to have our own little... We want to be safe and have just ourselves. And then Satan makes this claim. Look at verse 6. I will give you authority and splendor because it's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I I want to. Let me tell you something about Satan. Based on what Jesus says, flip the next two slides, John. One more. This is what Jesus says about Satan. He's talking to the Pharisees, but he says, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. Now, this is, what, this is how he describes Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding the truth. There's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he's a liar from the beginning. Now go back to Luke again. Sorry, Tony, I'm giving you a workout. So this is his claim. This is his claim. One more back. I will give you all authority and splendor. It's been given to me and I can give it to anybody I want to. Is that true? He's a liar. We face maybe a little bit differently. He says, you know, if you just 
do this thing, you can have your happy family, you can have your good job, you can have, you do what I want you to do. It's just, you know what? I'll tell you the nature of Satan. He's a liar. That's what Jesus said. He's a liar, he's a murderer, and that's what he said. Now go past three more slides. <laughs> go to Psalms. There you go. This is what, this is what the Psalms say. Whose who's is the kingdoms? Who, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world, all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas. He established it on the waters. Satan can't give that away. Nothing Satan will put in your life, no prosperity, no joy, no happiness that you are tempted to go after will remain. Why? Because Satan's a liar. Jesus knew that. And the interesting thing to me in this passage in Luke, Jesus doesn't look at Satan and start a debate and an argument. Now, I don't know how you handle temptation in your life, okay? But, but in my mind, you get this little back and forth sometimes. Well, if I did that, you know, maybe it would... You know, if I had all the power, if I had this stuff, then I could give more to God's work, right? If I get that new job... Well, it might take a little time away from family, but if I can give more to the church or I can... And we start this argument going back and forth. And I'm not just amazed, but go back now two slides. There you go. One more forward. Oh, wait, wait. No, that's one. That's one. You were there. There you go. Jesus answered him. What did Jesus say? He didn't say, Satan, you're a liar. He didn't have a debate and say, you know, maybe I could. Well, that would possibly be. No. What did Jesus say? He said, you should worship the Lord your God, and him only should you serve. He said, I'm not even going to pay attention to that stuff you're talking about, the kingdoms of the world. Are they there? Yes. Are they his already? Yes. Is the earth his? Yes. He created it. Tony, go back and play the intro one more time. Listen to this. Where were you when I created the earth? Tell me, since you know so much. Who decided on its size? Certainly you'll know that. Who came up with the blueprints and measurements? How was its foundation poured? And who set the cornerstone while the morning stars sang in chorus and the angels shouted praise? Have you ever traveled to where snow is made or seen the vault where hail is stockpiled? Can you find your way to where lightning is launched or to the place from which the wind blows? Who do you suppose carves canyons for downpours of rain and charts the routes of thunderstorms? Can you catch the eye of the beautiful Palladius sisters or distract Orion from his hunt? Can you get Venus to look your way or get the great bear and her cubs to come out and play? Do you know the first thing about the sky's constellations and how they affect the things on the earth? Is there anyone that can understand God Almighty? That comes from Job, by the way. One of those meditations is Job is going through those horrific parts of life that want to take his eyes off of God and put them onto his own sufferings or put them onto anything else. And rather than do that argument, Jesus comes and he says, you shall worship the Lord your God 
and him only shall you serve. How do you deal with temptation in your life? If you want to deal with it like Jesus did, you look at God. And you serve him only. And you understand that he's created all of this, that he sustains it with the word of his mouth, that every breath that I take is a gift from him. That if I look to him as I, as I understand who he is, I'll be for short pump. Do you know what it means? To be for short pump, it means that we look at God, that this church looks at God, that as a body we exalt God so that people know who he is here in this place. I submit to you, it's not first looking at my neighbor and trying to meet his needs. Just like temptation, Jesus said, isn't first arguing with this good or bad or what? No, this answer comes from seeing who God is. Shall serve the Lord your God, worship him only, because he's worth it. I did that intro years ago for the song Indescribable. Unchangeable. He put the stars in the sky and he knows them by name. You are amazing, God. He is beyond. He is above. And he has come here to, to fill our hearts, to say, I love you, and I love you, and I want to walk with you. And whatever Satan says, he's going to lie to you. You know that now. You should know that always. Whatever comes into my life that causes me trouble, that takes my attention away. Have you had any of those things this week? Has anything come into your life this week that started to perplex you and, and turn your mind over so you lay down at night and sleep? Comes hard? I mean, I know you have, because I have. And there's this battle that goes on, and Jesus says, the old song I like, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees often, and he says, if I'm lifted up, and he's specifically talking about the cross, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. As if your heart's really for short pump, if you really want this church to be significant in this community, as you lift up Jesus, not just on Sunday morning, come and say, okay, let's sing praises, you know, it's a good, no. You walk day by day. You get up in the morning and you say, thank you, Lord. You know, you can get up in the morning and you say, good Lord, it's morning. Or you can say, good morning, Lord. If you walk day by day so that when those difficulties come, you hardly even notice when others do you wrong. That's what love is, 1 Corinthians 13. You hardly even notice when those difficulties come, the thing that you thought you wanted so badly doesn't happen. And you hardly even notice 
Because what you do notice, what your mind is set on is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Because you've heard what Jesus said. It's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Let your heart be so inclined to him. If we gather together on Sunday, and what we do when we gather together is, forgive me, Giles, okay? But you come in this place and you really don't care who's sitting next to you. What you care is that Jesus has called you here and you can praise him. And you will praise him with whoever's sitting next to you. And your first thought isn't, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Oh, who won the basketball game last night? Your first thought is, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the breath of life this day. Thank you because... You held me in your hand because I've woken up this day and, and you've allowed me through your spirit's power to remember all that you're saying, all that you're teaching. And yeah, I know I've failed. Yeah, I know I'm not what I should be, but by your grace, I'm here. Amazing grace. How sweet that sound. Saved a wretch like me and like you. We were lost. Now we're found. If you come here and worship And what you do when you come here is you say to your neighbor, how have you seen God at work this week? What's God been saying to you this week? Here we are in God's house. Tell me about him. Tell me about what this week has been happening. When Short Pump looks in, what they're going to see is the people who come here listening to God. Jesus is going to use this church to point whoever comes in, whoever you meet on the street, back to him. Which is what we say we're about, isn't it? Isn't that what we want? Why we want to be for short pump? We just want people to be comfortable? No. We want them to know Jesus. Do we just want them to shelter or food or clothing? No. We want them to know Jesus. And all these things will be added to you as well. When you put God first. Why? Because it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What a a challenge, what a joy. Can we do that when we gather on Sunday? Can we come together as a people of God so enamored, so filled, so desirous of his presence that we, we rejoice together in that? Or do we just have another Sunday and, you know, it's, I go to church on Sunday and I go to the club on Wednesday and I, huh? We don't want to live that way. We want to live as a people of God, serving God. Overcome with his goodness. In the trials of life. Because life is full of trials. I've had my share. You've had your share. The world around us suffers in those things. I mean, Whitney's song, did you hear? (laughs) I mean, we're listening to the music that we hear. You know, it's there. We know that. When peace like a river attendeth my way, or when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've taught me to say, it's well. Well, with my soul. 
because of who Christ is. Because he's worthy of my attention. Believe it or not, this isn't new to me. There have been a lot of people who thought this in the past. You understand that? This is the good news. This is the gospel. There's a, a, a number of people on earth I love. One of my friends in, in South Africa's name, this is his name. Noah Moses Israel. That's his name. That's what his parents called him. I love people who just their very name shouts out what God's done it. We're going to hear something in just a second from a guy named Shadrach Meshach Lockwood. He was a preacher at the same church in San Diego, California for 40 years. And he preached a sermon that's become well, well known in Detroit in 1976. And this excerpt comes from that. To know who Christ is. He's my king. Tony, give us that message, if you will. The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king Turn that volume of glory. Up. He's a king of kings. There you go. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. David said the heavens declare the glory of God. And the fundament showeth his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his soulless supply. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in high criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. And that's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He starves God and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Well, my king is a key of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. 
He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. 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 His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but he, he's indescribable. He's indescribable. Yeah. He, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you, the heavens of heaven cannot contain him, let alone a man explaining him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah! He always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't him, teach him, and he's not going to resign. That's my king. I tell you, the first time I heard that, I thought, when's this guy ever going to quit? You know, he keeps going on and on and on. And the more I listen to it, I've listened to that, I don't know how many times this week, and the more it just grips my soul. We're talking about God. We're talking about the one who is king, who is Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Not just those who like him. Not just those who call themselves Christian. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's not my word, that's his word. Does that stir your soul? When I, when I get my mind set on some little temptation, I don't have to fight Satan. I need to look to God. I need to look at Jesus. When, when I want to say, short pump, I'm on your side. I'm only going to be on the side of my city, the side of my community when I'm on God's side. Because as I point to Jesus, as I lift him up, as I let them see that he's my king, he'll draw all men to himself. Does that stir your heart? Does that put a smile on your face? If you came here every Sunday morning and you praised him with your heart, and you, you saw other people like him just sitting next to you, 
No offense, but I don't care if I miss the wrong note when I sing. Because <laughs> I'm still going to sing. And no offense, but I don't care if you don't like it when I sing. Because <laughs> I'm not singing to you. That's my king. He's worthy. He's wonderful. And our community will be changed as we gather together as his people to worship him each week. We get to do that. What a privilege. What a privilege. Father, we thank you. Oh, I thank you for your grace and mercy above and beyond all I can ask or think. I thank you because you created, you sustain, you, you're worthy of my attention. We give that to you this day, in Jesus' name. You know that's the only thing in life you've got to give God? Everything else he's given you, all you've got to give him is your attention. As we sing, he's the cornerstone. Christ alone. Stand up and praise him with me.